0: I'm wondering what might be the best way to go about uh, like a spontaneous prayer to Guru or Gora, and how it might compare with uh, a previously written prayer by a past acharya um, that you might say yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say something about the prayer. Um, prayer Vandanam is one of the nine uh, principal limbs of bhakti, written by Prahlad Maharaj. What are they? Who knows? Anybody else? Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam, Vishnu, Parasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam. Dasim sakimat Vedanam. These are the nine. These, this came from the lotus mouth of Prahlad. At and who do we have to thank for that? The inquiry of Haranyakashipu. Haranyakashipu. <laughs> <laughs> good guy. Good things come from bad places sometimes. So. Um, Yes, he had inquired from his son what was the best thing that he had learned at uh, his school where he was sent to learn diplomacy and politics and so forth, to be a ruler like his father. But um, he said that the best thing he had learned, and as it turns out, he had learned it prior to the school when Nard had instructed his mother... In, uh, in in um, in bhakti on bhakti while he was within the womb hmm, with the intention of benefiting the child within the womb this is the power side of Sangha. so as I sometimes say when I'm talking with people that you might have heard that it's not... Um, we try to arrange the feelings, the insights, the realizations, that which transcends words and thought in a logical and uh, decorative um, form hmm, of uh, reason and, 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 and words and so forth. But while people listen with their heads and are often cautious, guarding their heart, so to speak, not consciously but unconsciously, and not letting just anything in, we try to capture their intellect so that we can, their their, their unconscious guard will be uh, arrested, and we can affect their heart. But, even if that's not the case, the power of the sadhu, of intention, you know, can create a uh, samskar a tendency for bhakti, even if they're not, if they're keeping the arguments out, or they're not resonating with them intellectually, and so on and so forth. So this is a classic example of that, and also the idea that bhakti is is. Um, as it's described in the Bhagavatam, a pratihata, unchecked, so nothing can get in its way, so to speak. Um, Fire burns, whether you think it will or not, something like that, to give an example. So, Narada was not able to speak directly to the child in the womb, but he did so indirectly by way of his intentions. The intentions of the Vaishnava were all important. Once Pujapat Sridhar gave a nice example when uh, it's customary when establishing a temple, and we did that here, that a deity of Ananta Seish Ananta Seish is the form a partial uh, form of, of Ram of Balaram hmm. um, Seish means remainder, it, it means uh, the uh, at the At the end, and the, at the end is near the beginning, so in a circular cyclical time, and so forth he's established at the foundation the ritual the deity of anant who is said to be who's thought to be holding the worlds, kind of the principle of gravity, maybe you could say in a contemporary sense personified supporting the worlds um Graphically, the image is of a, of a, of a multi headed serpent, Ananta, Anantasesh. Vishnu is depicted often as lying on a serpent, and his hoods are the umbrella. So it's a soft belly and then uh, the umbrella. So on these hoods are so many universes, and they're like. Like um, grains of sand, something like that. So, (laughs) insignificant. So, so the temples are established by installing the deity of an understanding the foundation. Hmm. And um, so, when the time came for the temple, it probably was going to build in, in Mayapur. Dig the foundation. He invited Sridhar Marsh from across the Ganges in order to come to Mayapur to preside over the event, bless the event, and so forth. This was in 1973 or four, I think nineteen seventy four, or maybe five. Um, and so Pujapat Shridamarsh came with his servant Govind Maharaj. Um and Prabhupada welcomed him, Sridomarsh described it that uh that he welcomed me on the on the veranda in his gumcha. Gumcha is a short like a towel. Mm-hmm. We were so familiar. Hmm? It's not like he was greeting, you know, some person that he didn't know. So uh, such was their relationship. So Prabhupada arranged for a nice prasad. They took prasad together and so forth. Then afterwards he offered Siddhartha Maharaj's bed to take some rest. It's fairly customary to take a little rest after eating in, in India as it is in Central and South America. <laughs> <laughs> so a little siesta. And so Siddhartha took a little rest and Prabhupada went down and performed the uh, ceremony. So afterwards, Govinda Marsh asked him and says you invite our groomer here to oversee the ceremony, blessed and so forth. But then you he rested in your bed and you went down and did everything. And so how are we to understand that? And Prabhupada said, Oh by his will, he agreed to come for that purpose. By his will everything was done. And I just performed the work, which I did not want to put, you know, on him. Hmm. So, the will of the Vaishnav this is all um, important so the will of Nard was expressed to Pralad, and therefore there's a Prahlad, is the idea, and so this is where he learned the idea he was somehow schooled in that way, and um, he didn 't learn it in the school where he went, where he was sent by his, his father. But having become realized, somehow he could put together that, you know, how it had transpired by Sadhu Sangha, even though he wasn't conscious of the Sadhu at the time. Mm-hmm. Therefore, said, Sadhu sangha, sangha, Sarva Shastri Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva shidhihai. the value of a moment's association. This has changed our lives. We cannot even trace out when that moment began, perhaps when that moment was, but this is this is a change the destiny, the course of our life. As I often say, there are two forces in the world, the force of karma and the force of bhakti. They're both always in the world. And most people are laboring under the force of karma and if they're lucky by chance. The these are trying to make the opportunity in the force of bhakti more available. And the force of karma—that's a lot of work. <laughs> so anyway, somehow, some people come in touch with it, and life—the course of their life—changes. So, so when he's asked by his father, good questions, as I say, may come from even uh, wrong persons with wrong motives. Um, what was the best thing he learned? This is what he came out with: Navalakshan bhakti. It's gone. Ninefold bhakti. These, these are forms of bhakti that Jiva Goswami describes as um, what is the term he uses? Um, swarup-siddha bhakti swarup-siddha that, that they, they are perfect in their nature form uh, they're perfectly bhakti they are inherently, it means bhakti So even if you do them without the proper understanding behind them as to what they are and for for what aim and so on and so forth, still they'll have some effect. There are other things that are not inherently bhakti, they become bhakti, Hmm. by a conscious effort, by assigning bhakti to something Hmm. and doing that activity and so forth. These are bhakti, so powerful. So this is what he came out with. And uh, amongst them, "vandanam" is one of them. That means prayer. So, just to give some background, and prayer has also, when uh, Sri Rupa Goswami mentions this anga, this limb of the angi of the body of bhakti, in his "Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu," comes in the second chapter where he's going through the angas of bhakti, many of which, most of which, the vast majority of which apply also. To Ragnu bhakti, which is a different orientation, but the exercise, the practice, if you will, the practical activity of the, of the bhakti is the same. Um, when he describes Vandanam, he m- makes the point that in sadhana bhakti, prayers will be primarily of a partic- particular type and in bhava-bhakti prayers will be of another type. The two types are in sadhana-bhakti prayers of the nature of self-surrender. They will be focused on faith and its outer expression sharanagati. Sharanagati means surrender. It's very nice what Bhaktivedanta Thakur has done in this regard, speaking about faith and sharanagati in this way, by way of giving some shape, some form, some external um, form to something that's very, in in a sense, appears and often thought of as intangible faith and belief. So he says sharanagati is the outer face of faith, And Sharanagati is itself ananga of bhakti. Sixfold, so it takes the shape of accepting things favorable for for bhakti, rejecting things unfavorable, Mm -hmm. accepting Krishna as one's protector, as one as one's maintainer, Mm -hmm. Um, to uh, kind of a self-abnegation to. to turn oneself over to bhakti like, like an animal, like a purchased animal, hmm. something like that, and the humility, dhyana. So these are the angas of bhakti, of sharanagati, which as a composite is an anga of, of bhakti. And it's, it's it's mentioned in the Gita, sarva-dharman-pritya-jamami-kam-sharanam, raja. Do sharanam to me, come to me in sharanam, me alone and don't come to anybody else, he says. Not Sarva Dharma, means give up the Dharma, which is polytheistic. Characteristically, the uh, Varnashram Dharma venerates many different gods and goddesses for many different purposes. By contrast, bhakti is ananya, no other exclusive Singular. Mm. One God, one purpose. Mm. Not many gods and many purposes. Eko vahu, eko. What is it? Vyavaseyatni kabudiri, eke hakurunandana, bahushaka yanantascha. Samadun nabhi, that is Bahushaka. Bahushaka means many branched. So the mind, intelligence, Many branched, many things of interest, desires, and so forth. And so many gods and goddesses are petitioned. But in Bhakti, Vyabhasayatmika buddhi, the intelligence is, is one pointed. Hmm? If they come to one pointed intelligence in practice and in conception, nishta hmm? is the same idea one pointedness, one pointed. In practice and in conception, to attain the ideal, hmm? which is big enough to include everything within it. <laughs> so, bhakti is ananya. Hmm? No other exclusive. Uh, and Krishna calls for this in the Gita, of course. Side verse. "Sarva dharma and prūtita, just Give up all other gods. And. Uh, the goddesses and so forth, and many other all other purposes, and just take shelter of me alone. Surrender to me, Sharana, Sharanagati. So, this then, with this in place, one takes to bhakti. That's why then faith is said to be the the. Uh, to be possessed of such faith, exclusive faith in Krishna, it grants one eligibility to tread the path of bhakti. You need faith to tread any path. But you may need, may need faith plus something else to tread the path. But bhakti path, only faith. You don't need anything else. There's no prerequisite, no other material qualification or spiritual qualification like purity of heart. Required for Gyan and faith in the Gyan Marg and the ideal of Gyan. But in Bhakti, only faith. Mm. Shadaran Janohe, Shadaran Janohe, Nadia Godrum, Nityan Ramahan Jan. Bhakti Vinod says that that, that, in Godrum, Nadia, Nityananda Pose, selling. The holy name for a little bit of faith. So, very generous idea. <clears throat> and this faith and sharanagati is a culture that is the primary focus of sadhana bhakti, as opposed to a longing, lola-sumayi, to be filled with longing, that that is characteristic of bhava-bhakti. Baba-bhakti and sadhana-bhakti and prema-bhakti. These are the three forms of bhakti. Hmm? Sadhana-bhakti is bhakti in practice. And the emotive component of bhakti, which you can think, what is bhakti without emotion? Not much, but... Something, sometimes imitation of a good thing is a good thing. So, we go through the motions. We give our heart, that's true, but spiritual emotion that is inherent in bhakti,
0: has
1: hmm, not fully yeah. manifest within us until the bhakti becomes mature. So this happens in bhava bhakti. Some of it is coming before that, but in bhava bhakti it's, it's fully manifest. So we call it bhakti proper, but still, bhava bhakti is not prema bhakti. So, bhava bhakti is, is peculiar because it has elements of sadhana and it has elements of prema within it. It's said to be a ray of the sun of prema, and prema is characterized primarily as being a, a, a distilled or concentrated form of bhava, that which is bhava if you were to concentrate it. It becomes preem. Then you concentrate it more. That's why you have Radha. Mahabhava Swarupini. See, the very form Swarupini of the of mahabhav, Concentrated. Something like that. So on the far end. Hm? High end. So so there's an element of perfection in Bhav, that's why we call it. It's the perfection of sadhana, but still that Bhava then is to be cultivated and it it results in praying. And so there is a practice in bhava bhakti, and it's, it is the cultivation of that bhava. You have to have bhava to cultivate it. Uh, so in bhava bhakti, bhava bhakti would be characterized compared to sadhana bhakti to longing. There's a longing to attain the identity hmm? that your attachment to bhakti and the object, particular object of bhakti, Krishna in a particular form corresponds with a particular identity. Attachment is is the basis of identity. hmm? So this is a spiritual attachment. There's an identity. And there's a stepping into that identity hmm? internally. Stepping into it. Surup-siddhi is the stage in which that's, that stepping into it is perfected. Hmm. Then one enters the leela of Krishna as it's thought to be. Uh, at least Vishvanatha has explained in that way. Uh, not that Swami has not. Brihad Tamrita, which is another topic, but but at any rate, bhava is characterized by longing. Sharanagati is in place hmm. fully. In sadhana, then we are cultivating the, primarily the, the sharanagati, as I've often said, to erect the stage in a dramatic sense of the word, um, that the, the, the lay love of Krishna will be performed in a theater near you, a theater of your own heart and consciousness. So while bhava-bhakti is characterized by longing and sharanagati is in place. In sadhana bhakti, sharanagati is being established and some longing is there too, but primarily the focus appropriately is to put the stage in place. After that, I've often said, well, let's use it in this way if you want to have a drama, you've got to put a little stage. <laughs> right? So and have curtains, and so there'd be excitement. <laughs> Scenes change, such is the nature of the drama. So, uh, so it's to be only preoccupied with wanting the drama, and not being active in building the stage. Is is, is, is to be something we can't take too seriously. Hmm. This is what Bhakti Sadanta meant when he said, first deserve, then desire. Hmm. Desire to go to India, I've used that example before. Well, you should have a passport, you should have a visa, you should have a ticket, and all such things. And we can take you seriously if you do those things. Mm-hmm. If you want to eat a mango, you have to plant seed in the ground, water, and take time and weed it, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, in discussing Vandanam in Bhakti to Sindhu, Jiva Goswami comments on Rupa's. Um, verses about Vandhanam and makes this point that prayers in sadhana bhakti will be uh, primarily focused on sharanagati and prayers in bhava bhakti will be focused on, on longing lolasa so. mm. lobha same idea taste of feeling but uh, so that said, mm-hmm, some longing as I say will be there also in charanagati but appropriately you can long as long as you're as long as you're doing the you know the work if, if, if appropriate to the stage that you're at, so to speak mm-hmm. and so then, as far as composing prayers, I guess that 's what you're talking about you say spontaneous um. Mm-hmm. There is a system that, um, let's say, for Sadhana Bhakti, where we will, the prayer will constitute a glorification of the deity or the Guru. Oh, she, Guru Maharaj, Gurudev, you have come to this world. Abhi. Western world at the order of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thapur and to distribute the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all over the world in order to do this task you have so wisely um, and artfully um, drawn the power from Krishna that you might be effective and, and and uh, and so you, um, some glorification. I'm just giving an example. Glorification as example, proper glorification of Prabhupada, You've done this. You that's What you're like, and and so you are great. Hmm. And then so that the deity or the guru is venerated, glorified, accurately. Hmm. Uh, if it's not accurate then it's a problem we don't say he does things he doesn't do or you, know, you want to characterize him accurately um, you, like Prabhupada Nirvishyesha Sunyavadi Pascha you came to this western world to destroy voidism and impersonalism by distributing the words of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm. and he was so successful and then having had glorified him the next part of the prayer is then you state your own position, but somehow or other, I've escaped. Net uh, that you have cast, capture, and so many, so many persons have been captured, but I have been captured in form, but not in substance. Whatever, you know, such is my position, and they should be honest about that too. And, and so you state the position of the lady and the position of yourself, and then you make the petition and therefore I pray to you that I might be a uh, pray to Krishna Krishna you are Chaitanya Mahaprabhu you are great you are the form of Krishna seeking the experience of, the, of a devotee in the fullest sense of the term as embodied by Radha and, you, and, as, and, as, and as, as a, as a, as a byproduct of that the opportunity to enter into your service in Glowka is made available mm-hmm. and so my position is that by the good fortune of my Dave, I've come in touch with this and, and so uh, without that contact I would be wandering in the world with no hope, without any rudder sort of adrift the ocean of material existence, therefore I pray to you, please give me the power to act in such a way that my Guru Maharaj will be proud of me, as that uh, I have lived up to his or her expectations, and or give me the power that I might act in such a way that be pleasing to my Guru, hmm? by which your grace will also be attained, something like this, so that you make a petition, so you state the position of the Deity, the person you're praying to so do your own position and then you make a petition that is how the prayers may be composed does that help? Hmm. yes yeah. what else? In, in regards to the topic of faith from one angle of vision like Prahlad it seems like a very easy thing to get he's in the womb he's hearing and based on that impression he gets faith but then another angle of vision that we see in Madhuri Kandambini, it kind of branches and describes different types of faith. So it seemed that... For example, what types of faith? Like Shastriya Shraddha and Lokiki Shraddha. Yeah, but how will you get Lokik Shraddha from Sadasana? And that's, that's what I'm wondering, because it seems that Shastriya Shraddha doesn't seem like such an easy thing to attain, like we see so many disciples of um, past acharyas that may be following in form only and then they have misconceptions okay well loki means worldly faith mm-hmm. and um, so that would mean faith of the modes of nature within the modes of nature and in the Gita Krishna speaks about faith in different modes of nature faith in sattva faith in rajas faith in thomas and the Bhagavatam, Krishna adds a fourth type of faith faith in me and in bhakti transcendental. So, this kind of faith is sattvic, this kind of faith is rajasic, this kind of faith is tamasic, and faith in me, faith in bhakti, that's transcendental. So, that's the basic idea, right? So, then, uh, that uh, and that faith is, is is in accordance with the argument of the, the scripture from the particular sampradaya that one is, one is hearing from so the idea of Shastriya Shraddha is is in one sense that your, your faith is informed by the scriptural argument and that's going to be to different degrees. As much as one knows the scriptural argument, one's faith is going to be formed by it. But in a, in a more basic sense, it's that, well, if I have a question, I have a doubt, my faith is that it will be answered by the citation of the scripture and a logic that um, extends the idea appropriately in consideration of my my question. And so if I get that kind of an answer, then I'm satisfied because I have that kind of faith. uh, so this is this is a kind of a point that he wanted. the 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 I drill in to to the students the idea that there are things also there are things that can't be answered hmm, except by the scriptural canon or by revelation, and so we'll take the answer there, and the questions will stop even though they may not satisfy my intellect's desire to know and grasp the thing in the fist of my intellect. Hmm. And so in one sense this is, you you want to put the intellect in its place. Like we say, well, you know, like a naughty karma, I give that as an example. So, God's not responsible for this, for the evil in the world. It's karma's the culprit. But what about when karma began? It didn't begin. Next question, and you go, uh, <laughs> like this, You don't ask any other question. Okay, again, I can't. That doesn't fit, but doesn't have to. It comes from revelation. Mm-hmm. So that kind of attitude. Now, what we see sometimes is that persons have faith, and Rupa Goswami has described, of course. Eligibility for treading the path of bhakti, in relation to the measure of one's faith, so there's all of this may be shastriya shraddha, faith in a scriptural argument. I say Krishna is God, and you believe me. And I say because the Bhagavad Gita says it, because the Bhagavad Gita is this, and and sacred texts are that, and so on. And so I capture your faith, and 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 so on. But that faith may be tender, komala. Weak, tender faith. Hmm? What makes that? What will make that faith stronger? Of course, is experience, hmm? and also very much so an understanding, a further understanding of the argument that that brought about that faith in the first place. I mean, it's not it's not really uh, entirely accurate to say that the argument of the Brought it about, but it's but it's, uh, it's con- really contact with bhakti
0: mm. it
1: brings about faith due course. But at a certain point, there is an argument about bhakti. Why bhakti? One has enough sukriti, and then one can hear the argument and it resonate with them. And, and obviously, there is an argument. And why not this and not that? So the scripture has its reasoning and so forth. So as much as our faith is has, has come from that mm. so further understanding of the scriptural argument then that should strengthen and fortify our faith mm. and so we'd be cornered by it and, and so to speak and, and and thus our ability to act on bhakti in, in bhakti will be enhanced improved mm. our our faith will be more well informed mm. And so the interim, the middle, the intermediate stage from tender faith is strong faith, firm faith, but still the faith is not fully informed by the scriptural argument. And therefore, I may have firm faith, and no one can shake me, but I may not be able to give all the answers if someone brings up some question and something like that. I have faith, well, answers can be found to come and talk to my guru Maharaj. she will answer for you, something like that. Hmm? and then the the full face of the faith is to be fully informed by the scriptural argument and they have kind of a scriptural genius if you will to put put it all together and uh and uh to be able to, to reason about the scriptural argument and extend its its implications so it's relevant in different times and so on and so forth this is the superlative form of shastriya shraddha so when the faith is tender if faith is informed by scripture but it's tender then it it, it may be shaken and um, and obviously there's a there's a Point at which it has to be protected. Faith, they say, is hard to build and easy to destroy, something like that. So it has to be protected. And and, um, if it's not, then there are persons that, mm, how will be protected by Sadhu Sangha if they don't have the Sadhu Sangha? Then they may get certain ideas in the tender stage about what the scripture says that are wrong. Therefore, Sridhar Maharaj, for example, uh, described the Shastra as a passive agent of divinity and the Sadhu as an active agent, because the scripture can't ask you if you understand, but the Sadhu can. So if you're reading the book, well, you don't have good Sadhu Sangha, the Sadhu can't say, no, you've understood that wrong. Hmm. It should be like this, so forth. And if you get in a situation where you become, unfortunately, adverse to sadhu-sangha, which uh, we've seen happen, ironically, in the name of chastity to a particular sadhu, they become adverse to the very principle of sadhu That sadhu is departed. They don't want to hear from anybody else because they want to be chaste to him. Hmm? I mean, well, they need to hear more, and it's a good intention, but it's not very well thought out. Hmm. Who is he? What does he represent? Hmm. And uh, you know, you're going to a world, there's a joke that. When we were kids, it applies more than now, because they've become more ecumenical, the Catholics. But remember, the boy next door was a Protestant, and we were taught, like, he's not going to make it to heaven. And I just couldn't relate to that. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, there's a joke that, 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 that when some fellow went to heaven, God was given taking him a basic tour, let me show you around... <laughs> And they got to one area and there was this big wall. He said, what's that wall? He said, oh, that's the, the Catholics there behind that wall. They want to think they're the only ones here. So, <laughs> <laughs> made a wall for them. <laughs> so, you know, only Prabhupada will be there. You know, it's a very kind of limited idea of what Prabhupada is. Prabhupada has associates and a Parampara lineage and 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 the succession as well, you know follows him and so forth and so um, that idea could be corrected at its at the point of its inception but but some people may may not uh, be able to take advantage of that Sridhar was trying to do that for example some of Prabhupada's disciples but instead of taking advantage they offended him the name of chastity to Prabhupada, and so then they get that on their track record, and they and they develop a some scar for offending Vaishnavas, avoiding them and then with good intentions are, as they say, the road to hell is paved with them. So, hmm. so then then you see these situations where uh, someone answers a question definitively. Hmm and says, for example, well, no one can fall from Vaikuntha to the material world because there is no Maya Shakti in the spiritual world which is governed by the Sarup Shakti. The Sarup Shakti has the power to dispel the darkness of Maya and overwhelm, in Goloka, Krishna. Hmm? So there can be no darkness there where there is light. Hmm. So just a simple example. And you explain, what is a Maya Shakti? What is the Jiva Shakti? What is the Srup Shakti? Very good. And so then someone says, Okay, because they had said, Well, I was with Krishna, but I became envious of Krishna, so I fell down. You say, Well then no, there can't be any envy there. Hmm? Because there can't be any Maya Shakti, that's an influence of under the, that comes under the influence of Maya Shakti. So you explain that. Now the way you've explained that is by Really explaining what the scriptures say. What is the Srup Shakti? What is the Maya Shakti? What is the jurisdiction? What is the Tatasta? So the answer has come by citing the scripture and scriptural logic and so forth. It's definitive. It's it's that's it. Your answer is there. And you could answer that any number of ways, by drawing from the scripture and employing appropriate scriptural logic. But then somebody says, Well, okay you know okay okay so you can't be envious of krishna but maybe there's curiosity of what it's like to be krishna hmm? and so maybe people just became curious and then they fell down now you see the argument that's coming back has absolutely no basis in scripture there's no anything verse or anything that even remotely resembles that idea hmm? it's totally coming right out of the head hmm? and 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 so now the person answering the question doesn't doesn't know how to understand the answer hmm? you've cited the scripture you've you've done it you've done your your work you've given the answer it's there but they've cracked their faith and some so you see oh his faith is somewhat low kick hmm? uh, he has an unreasonable emotional attachment to an idea. I mean, this is a good example. Someone has the idea. I just want to follow Prabhupada because people have really pushed the idea that Prabhupada is the greatest thing in the world, and and of all times, for all ever past and and future. And and if you if you don't have full faith in him, then. Something's wrong with you, and this is what it means to have full faith in him. He taught that you fall from Goloka. They think so. So then, you, then you, there you are. You're. This is what you've been taught. Hmm? So this is what you believe, and it's an emotional affair. Hmm? Uh, and so you want you're protecting faith that's faulty to begin with. It's poorly reasoned and, and, and informed. And so then you start just coming up with all these crazy ideas out of your head that justify some idea. And every answer that comes is perfectly scripturally sound, and, and it's just beautiful to hear. It's like, like a beautiful equation. Ah, uh, yes. And everything's quiet. And you say it, and you feel, ah, uh, there it is. And then you get this, uh-huh. <laughs> What about curiosity? What about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what? Very, it's very, very, very bizarre, <laughs> unsettling, you know, to hear. And um, it doesn't matter what what you come up with; they've always got something. So it's a situation where their their faith is um, is cracked. But I've given an idea of how that you know has come about mm-hmm. in some persons, and it's all based on the kind of association that they have and the way they've been taught. It's not what Prabhupada taught. Mm-hmm. Um, Prabhupada taught in adherence to the Guru, obviously, and faith, and sadhu sangha and so forth. But they've interpreted it in a particular way, given circumstances. And their um, interpretation is, is wrong. It's not dynamic. It's not living. It doesn't understand the Guru in a living way and, and separates him from you know, the past and Acharyas so you might cite, for example, and from future and so on and so forth. So there's a locic element. I want to say. I want to say that their faith is such people as tender and tenuous, and uh, in its faith, it's kind of mixed. It's, it's um, um, they have, in other words, you give the scriptural argument, but it's not, it doesn't answer them. So they're they want to believe something else than what the scripture says because they think that's what the scripture should say something like that. It's a very bizarre phenomenon. I don't know if that would answer your question. but Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm. But the basic idea is Loki faith. So, you, know, you want it to be a certain way. Hmm. But you have to exchange that for this is what the scripture says. Mm as properly explained by a sadhu, a real sadhu.
0: Hmm.
1: Another fellow wrote me and he said that he had some experience and he wanted to know if it was valid, some inner experience. Hmm. And um, the experience was, uh, had Prabhupada coming to a dream dream and telling him something. This is a person from another sect, and he has a guru in another sect, and it's not Prabhupada. Um, But but he had the dream of Prabhupada, and and so he asked me, you know, what do I think about this? So I said to him, I said, you need to find somebody, and I know he has a guru. I mean, this should be the person. You need to find somebody who you have faith in. Hmm." And the example of that faith is that You have confidence that if you have some experience, you ask that person. And what you're attached to is not your experience, but what the person says about it. If he says, forget that, like Prabhupada said, when someone said, I'm a chanting Prabhupada, and every time I chant, I get surrounded by a blue light. (laughs) And Prabhupada said, keep chanting, it'll go away. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> you want to you know, you're attached. Okay, forget that. <laughs> or that means Krishna has embraced you. You know, oh great. You know, either either way. But you have to have that. Find someone you have that kind of faith in, hmm? and and then that's how you have to ask these. Who, who you have to ask these questions of. And so I said, I seek to answer your question about a higher topic, in a fundamental, foundational sense, because he's asking me. I mean, why don't you ask your guru? Well, you don't have enough faith in the Guru. You, you, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. And all of a sudden, because you have some lack of faith in your Guru, then all of a sudden you're having dreams from Prabhupada and you're trying to make up for it in that way. Hmm. And in this they teach that the Guru is somewhat a relative figure and Prabhupada an absolute figure. So right, Prabhupada came in a dream. He told me this and so forth. And, and I'm not going to get that from my Guru. I got that from Prabhupada. and Whatever, you know, these kind of... So, problems. These are all problems. What we follow here is this, this traditional way for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years since the founding of the Chaitanya Sampradaya. It's real simple. It's real straightforward, real simple. <laughs> so, like, you know, you don't no, no need a fifth gear or anything. You know, they created a new situation, you know. It's the same situation. Prabhupada was a guru. He came. He's, now he's a poor acharya. A previous acharya. We go on. It's real plain and simple, straightforward. Right. What else? Yes. Um, <clears throat> so for someone who um, doesn't have any like fixed ish today, you know. Like, who who do we pray to if we don't? You have a fixed dish today. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahapur, Nityananda Prabhu. That's for all Gaudi Vaishnavas. And we are the the servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu. That's our bhava. And then on top of that, of course, then as it's coming to us through our group, Ramparāda, and we have also prospect of relationship with Krishna. So, in our group, so the Ishti-devits, Gornitai, and also Krishna, Balaram, and also yeah. Radha and Krishna. So, it's, 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 there's different possibilities, hmm. all three. Hmm. But here, here in the temple, everything, everything comes from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, nothing here. I had a fellow, met a fellow, knew a fellow, a god-brother of mine, and and he was had deities in his household of Thai hmm. And then he came in touch with teachings about Raghunuga Bhakti that he previously was not very familiar with through another sadhu. And the idea of Godi Vaishnavism, becoming a handmaiden of Radha. Hmm. Radha dasyam. And so he had been hearing from the Sada for some time, and then he came to me, and he um, said, you know, I've got these Gornita. He said, I've been to your house, I've seen your deities. they're beautiful. And he said, well, I thought maybe um, that I could sell them to you. He was quite a, he was a kind of a business guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a, like a, like a stake in my heart. You want to sell your deities? Wow. I was like, uh. and then, and uh, at that time, I had a ring. Someone had given me a yellow sapphire ring. It's a Brahmin stone. So This devotee, God brother, who was an astrologer and he sold gems. He, he gave it to me. It eventually, I lost some weight. And I went like that and it flew off. Into, it's in that barn up there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's <where it> is. <laughs> in the hay barn. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but unfortunate um, it was. And I, I that, that, that that's a very nice devotee. He's, he's he's very listens to my lectures all the time. Uh, who gave me the drink. Um so, I was wearing the ring at the time, and I said, and I don't know, know how to reply to the guy, I said, oh, I was so shocked at it, I just said, oh, well, I don't really have the money. And, I, and then he said, what about that ring? <laughs> <laughs> he saw the ring, trade you the ring for the deities. <laughs> I just like, and then I said, why do you want to sell your deities? And he said, well, because, you know, I want to worship Radha and Krishna now, you know, so the Ravana the Bhakti. And I said, well, uh, the I gi- started. The ring's a gift. I can't sell it to you. I can't trade, you know. Have a nice day. And I just didn't have, you know, it was just too bizarre for me, the, the whole thing. So don't think like that. Everything comes from die So here, you know, if you live at Adarya, these are your deities. If you live at Madhavan, these are still your deities. <laughs> <laughs> they take the form of Krishna of, of around there. If you live at Sar- Saragrahi, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also there, sure. <laughs> and Radha are there. Mm. And the Dinan is there in a covert way, mm. as we sing in the morning, mm. manifesting as all the paraphernalia and so on and so forth. So that's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Chaitanya Charitamrita is all about, in one sense, about Radha and the deities presiding over the book, Shri Krishna Chetan and Saurita. This is the verse, a Namaskar verse, in which he, which he uh, uh, offers his respect to the deities presiding over the book. So, they they came to give praying hmm, bhakti, to everyone. So these are the deities of everyone in Godi Vaishnavism. And then within the context of that, they bring us to Madhuri Rasa or or, um, or Sakyo. So, Did that answer your question. Can I ask another one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've heard that Krishna is—he's so absorbed in his lila that he doesn't, he can't really have compassion for the you know souls in this world because he's so absorbed in his lila. So, I was wondering how could uh, Nityananda, how could Gauri Nityananda have compassion for like. You know, st- struggling because if they're always kind of just enraptured in there, you know. Yeah, that argument is given by Jiva Goswami, maybe in Bhakti Sandarbha, um, and I think that it's a kind of a comparative. Really, um, uh, Krishna has no experience of suffering, and so if one has experience of of, of uh, suffering, of another, they can be, more readily be empathetic. So, I think he wants to say there really, if you play it out, that the devotees who are sadhana siddhas, who have some experience of the suffering of material existence, they are more readily, um, dis- compassionately disposed. And they are therefore sometimes referred to as the Kripa Shakti. Kripa means mercy, the, 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 the mercy power. Of Krishna, through which Krishna Himself expresses compassion through that medium, Hmm? Um, and so comparatively, I mean, another, another, just to give an example, we say Krishna has no compassion. We also say that Radha is the compassionate nature of Krishna. Hmm? So, so I I don't think it's if you can make it as an absolute but by way of comparison, the emphasis is, if you want mercy, go here. Hmm? These people are filled with it. Hmm? They're in the world canvassing. Now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, obviously, in the form of a devotee. Hmm? And he is giving prema out everywhere. Hmm? And it's said in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Krishna desired to give, 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 preem and rag bhakti to the world, hmm? so he came. But that's behind his own Krishna leela. But obviously there were some problems in the Krishna lila hmm? and Krishna got cut off balance, as I've described it, and so forth. So Chaitanya manifests as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and. He then fulfills his inner ambition, and the distribution of rag Bhakti is more effectively um, brought about through him. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, is Krishna in the bhava of a devotee. All devotees have some, some compassion, something like that. Um, but if you, you know, obviously the argument will go well nityasiddhas and devotees quote unquote like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are different than Sadhana Siddhas and so again by way of comparison the, sadhana, the Nidja Siddhas has no experience of suffering in the world either you can say
0: mm.
1: there's also the idea that that a nityasiddha comes under the influence of yoga maya. And so, Siddha perceives himself, herself, as a sadhaka, even though they're a siddha. And so they're in a role of a sadhaka, even though they're a siddha. And in order to play the role, then they have to have full experience of a a sadhaka, something like that. And so... They can empathize with others on the path. Hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So yeah, I mean uh, Goswami has made that statement, but look at the statement of Rupa Goswami. No Mahabananaya Krishna Prema Padaya Krishna Krishna Chaitanya Namde So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the most magnanimous um avatar, descent of divinity, because he's giving Krishna Prema everyone They're very generous, not generous. I think you could also um, say compassionate, kind mm. So he's depicting him as that so I say it. I don't think it's an absolute, but those who is best positioned to be filled with compassion. Mm. Okay, what's the time? Fifty-five. Mm. Okay, good. So we will gather again tomorrow. <speaking in Hebrew>